Has anyone ever lied to you? I mean, has anyone ever told you something, tricked you into believing something that was not true? How did that make you feel? Not good, right? Well, I'm asking you this question because this week we're going to dive deeper into Abram's story. As we progress through the story of Abram's life, we're going to see where a decision to lie was made. Are you ready to go deeper? Let's pray. Dear God, thank you again for giving us an opportunity to dive deeper into your word. Please open up our hearts and our minds to receive your word and to understand it. And Lord, as always, please place your words into my mouth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. My friend, this week we're talking about Abram, his wife, and a lie. Remember last week we studied about Abram, this man of faith, and how God, even after Abram had been through so much, God asked Abram to leave his father's house. And Abram left, a man of faith, trusting in God. Even though he had lost his father, lost his brother, he still, even though he experienced trials, decided to follow God's leading. This is where we left off. But now, as we start our study today, we see another issue. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 10. The verse says, now there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. I need you to think about this. As a Christian, as a Bible-believing Christian, we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We know that when we study God's word, we get closer to him and we have faith in him. But God, why do you allow us to go through trials sometimes? Because this is what was happening to Abram. He already was a stranger in different lands, and now he was not able to feed his family because of the famine in the land. So Abram was going to have to move his family, his wife, his nephew Lot, his servants, and everyone to Egypt in order to find food. But I want us to go deeper. I want us to look at this. Here's the question. What does the Bible say about trials and the Christian. I want us to first go to first Peter chapter five. And we're going to look at verse 10, because again, we believe in God. We love God. God, why do we struggle though? First Peter chapter five, looking at verse 10, first Peter chapter five, looking at verse 10. What does this verse let us know? about Christians and trials. First Peter chapter five and verse 10, it says, but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. 
after you have struggled for a while. Yes, you, the Christian, the believer in Christ, after you have struggled for a while, God says, I'll perfect you, I'll strengthen you, I'll settle you, and I will establish you. We're talking about Christians and trials. We will be strengthened after going through trials. But what about 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7? I want us to go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Just a few chapters over, and I want us to look at verses 6 and 7. Verse 6 of 1 Peter chapter 1 says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Verse seven, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What is the purpose of a trial in the Christian's life? First Peter one verses six and seven, our faith will increase after we go through various trials. We're talking about Christians and trials because Abram was a man of faith, but he was experiencing trials back to back. And what about this verse found in second Corinthians chapter four? We're going to look at two verses, verses 17 and 18. Second Corinthians, go with me to chapter four. Second Corinthians chapter four, looking at verses 17 and 18. Verse 17 says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We're talking about Christians and trials and these verses let us know our momentary trials are actually building us for eternity. No, we don't like trials. I'm sure Abram didn't want to go through the trials he was experiencing. He wanted to feed his family, but God is letting us know through his word that trials actually strengthen us, perfect us, and they're building us for eternity. We're talking about trials and the Christian. Let's continue. So there's this famine going on and Abram went down to Egypt. Now we move on to verses 11, 12, and 13. And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt that he said to Sarai, his wife, indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Now let's pause really quickly. Now, in this situation, I can imagine Sarai as she's following her husband moving toward Egypt to get some food. She's probably thinking about all the delicious goodies that are going to be in Egypt. And Moses, not Moses, Abram says, hey, yo, Sarai, let me, let me holler at you real quick. Let me talk to you real quick. Sarai comes to the side. Everyone is still walking. And she's like, yes, honey, what's up? 
And then Abram says, you know you're beautiful, right? I'm sure Sarah was like, well, boo, keep going on. Keep talking. You're really, really beautiful. But why was Abram saying that his wife was beautiful? Verse 12, let's continue. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say this is his wife and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Whoa, Abram, that took a left turn. So Abram was letting his wife know, listen, you are beautiful, but the Egyptians are going to recognize it and they're going to kill me. So I'm actually scared for my life. We're starting to see the vulnerability of Abram reveal itself. Abram, this man of faith who had trusted God so much to leave his family, leave his father's house. Now he's a bit nervous. I got to feed my family, but my wife is beautiful and they're going to kill me. So what did Abram ask his wife, Sarai, to do? Sarai is still sitting there in disbelief. This man has just given me a compliment, but now he's telling me because of my beauty, he's going to die? What is going on? And I can see Sarai just sitting there with a little bit of a flustered look as Abram continued. Verse 13, please say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake and that I may live because of you. what you say? Say that I'm who? Now, her husband just let her know how beautiful she was. Then in the same breath said, they're going to kill me because of you. Oh, okay, so it's my fault for being beautiful. So if you want to save me, I need you to tell them that you are my sister. You do know that we sleep in the same bed, right? You, you, do, you do know that you are my husband. Abram was asking Sarai to tell a lie, but was it really a full lie? I want us to look at this very quickly. Let's go deeper. Say you are my sister. Was Sarai really Abram's sister? I want us to look at this verse, Genesis chapter 20 verses 12 and 13. What do these verses say? Verses 12 and 13. Here we go. Verse 12 says, but indeed she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. We're going to stop right there. Verse 12 lets us know that she actually was his sister. They had the same father, but different mothers. Partial truth, partial lie. He was still asking Sarai, to tell them a partial truth in order to save his life. So we know, yes, they had the same father, but different mothers. So what about this next part though? That I may live because of you. That I may live because of you. There's a problem in this statement. 
There's a problem with what Abram said. Here's the question. Abram put his trust in his wife. Who are we supposed to put our trust in? I want us to look at three verses because the issue, Abram, this man of faith who had trusted God up until this point was now putting his faith and trust in Sarai. But what does God's word say about putting our trust in God? Jeremiah chapter 17, verse seven. Jeremiah chapter 17 and we're going to look at verse seven. What does the Bible say? Who are we supposed to put our trust in? Jeremiah chapter 17, looking at verse seven, it says, Oh yes. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. The Bible says when we trust in the Lord, when we hope in the Lord, we will be blessed. Abram had forgotten who he needed to put his trust in. Again, the verses let us know. Blessed is the person who puts his trust in God and not man. But what about Psalms 146 and verse 5? Psalms 146 and we're going to look at verse five, Psalms 146 and verse five. It says, happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord, his God. So this verse lets us know, not only will we be blessed when we trust in God, we will also experience happiness. Abram forgot these truths. Those who trust in God will be happy. What about Isaiah chapter 26? Isaiah chapter 26 verses three and four. What do these verses say about who we are to put our trust in? Isaiah 26, looking at verses three, and four, verse three of Isaiah 26, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Why? Because he trusts in you. Continuing verse four, trust in the Lord forever for in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. He forgot, Abram forgot who to put his trust in. Those who put their trust in God will experience perfect peace. So Abram wasn't experiencing this perfect peace, this happiness, this blessing that comes from trusting in God because Abram was trusting in Sarai, his wife. Abram said, Sarai, listen, you're beautiful. The Egyptians are going to see you and they're going to kill me. Please just say you're my sister. So what happened? Verses 14 and 15. So it was when Abram came into Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman that she was very beautiful. Verse 15, the princes of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh and the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. Hey, did y'all see 
Sarai, she's beautiful. And she was taken to Pharaoh's house. Just like Abram thought, he knew they were going to think that Sarai was beautiful. But can you imagine what Sarai was going through? All of her emotions, the man she loved was so afraid, even after he had followed God's leading to take them from his father's house, the, the man that trusted God so much was now afraid of the Egyptians, was now telling her to say she was his sister. Imagine the thoughts that were going through Sarai's mind. And now she'd been taken away from her husband and she's in Pharaoh's house in a strange land with people looking at her. Wow, she's so beautiful, but this was still a strange place for her, think about what Sarai was going through. Verse 16. He treated Abram well for her sake. He had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys, and camels. Now we don't see a specific verse that says verbatim that Sarai told Pharaoh Abram was her brother. But the very fact that Pharaoh gave gifts to Abram is proof that he didn't know Sarai was Abram's wife. And we're going to see this as we continue going through the verses. But now we see Abram getting all of these gifts from Pharaoh. Gifts of animals, which at that time were very valuable. He's giving these gifts to Abram because Sarai is so amazing. But Sarai is still in Pharaoh's home away from her husband. Now we see verse 17. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. Listen, God was not about no games. He said, Abram, you might be tripping, but I'm not. The Lord responded, wait a minute, Sarai is the wife of my child. This is my child. Abram belongs to me. He is the one that followed me. And yes, he's tripping right now. He made a mistake, but I'm still going to protect my children. So the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house. I want us to look at some verses as we go deeper. What does the Bible say? about taking another man's wife. I want us to go to Proverbs chapter six, verse 29. Proverbs chapter six and verse 29, because God wasn't just acting crazy. There's a reason, Proverbs 6, 29. Proverbs 6, 29 says, so is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her shall not be innocent. Look at the value God places on the marriage bond. God is plaguing Pharaoh and Pharaoh's house. Why? Because Pharaoh has Abram's wife, Sarah. In other words, God will hold the man guilty who takes another man's wife. 
But what about Hebrews 13 and verse 4? Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4. Again, we're talking about what the Bible says about taking another man's wife. Hebrews 13 and verse 4. It says, come on now. Marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. We're talking about how God feels about a man taking another man's wife. God will judge adulterers. So God started plaguing Pharaoh and his house for Sarai. Isn't it interesting that Abram chose to trust his wife instead of trusting God and yet and still God still came through and protected his own. We must never forget that God always wants to protect us. As we continue verse 18 and Pharaoh called Abram and said, yo, what is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Verse 19. Why did you say she is my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now, therefore, here is your wife. Take her and go your way. So we see right here. We're going to pause. Pharaoh had not taken Sarai to be his wife. He had not slept with her. She was not defiled. However, somehow he realized that Abram and Sarai were more than just siblings. And he was shocked. Dude, why didn't you just tell me she was your wife? It's like he was questioning Abram's faith. Why did you lie to me? Abram had lied because he was afraid for his life and decided not to trust God's ability. We have to remember that even when situations look scary, we have to trust that God can and will do anything for you and for me. The last verse, verse 20. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. This man, Abram, a man of faith, a man who last week in our previous lesson, we saw trust God so much amidst trials, had a moment of weakness where he feared man more than fearing God, our creator. He forgot that God protects his own. Yet and still, God still protected Abram and Sarai, and they were still blessed. So what lessons can we learn from this story? What are the practical applications? I want us to look at three practical applications. Number one, as we go throughout our day, we must remember that trials are meant to strengthen us and not harm us. Number two, we must remember that trusting in God will always result in blessings. And number three, it is important for us 
to never forget that God values and wants to protect the marriage relationship. Abram made a mistake. Abram lied about who Sarai truly was to him, but God still came through. Let's never forget that God will protect us. He only needs us to trust him. As always, the word of God is life.